Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. What to do? I don't know even how to think about these things that you're talking about. Or It's like Jesus even wants to just break through and give you wonderful teachings. He wants to give you something you don't know. So even if you don't know, you don't know what to, what to say, you don't know what to pray for, spend your time seeking him. Spend your time looking and gazing on him. Spend your time fixated on him. Spend your time devoting yourself to what he has. Trust in the greater like the greater purpose that God has over your life and spend your time constantly meditating on him and let him be that teacher. Let him show you those, those great things. Let him be the one that gets those wonderful things to you because you are not without a shepherd. You are not somebody who has to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so out there. No, you're not out there. You can get what you need from God because God will teach you. You know, he's like, I'm going to give you a helper, right? And he gave us the Holy Spirit. He's like, I got to leave, but I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. The problem a lot of the times is that everything we understand, even about the Bible, and I'm going to get into a few things, is out of context. And so when we do that, we actually disqualify different pieces of like his truth that can actually settle on the inside of us. And a lot of it stems um, more... Uh, directly related to his love and, and the connection that we have. So in Matthew 7, 21 to 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, um, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me um, on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now you're probably wondering, like, man, we just talked about having compassion and love and, like, that he wants to go about healing. And then, you know, I hear other Christians, and they're all like, oh, well, look at this passage. So when you see different people, you know, doing miracles and stuff, it's not good. You know what I mean? Like, they may not be, they may not be in the right place. It's like... Ah, oh, like, if you actually look at the, the, the purpose behind what he's saying here, it's, it's you who practice lawlessness. He's saying it's the lawlessness of man. It's, it's that we want different things, right? And when you get away from a heart of compassion, when you get away from the perspective that God um, intended to bring um, to each one of us, which basically is freedom and wholeness and, and um, that unity and that bond between man and God, and then being able to have that also demonstrated throughout the earth, right? Um, when you get away from those things, you start getting into different types of um, deceit and things like that. So yeah, there can be, you know, people that focus on different elements of who God is, but not take really who God is. You know, it even says in the end times that, you know, there's going to be those that um, take all these principles and all these ways of God, but deny, you know, God himself. Um, So it's like, uh, you know, realizing that the biggest thing is that we're focused and fixated on him and we don't spend our time, you know, 
thinking always about the miracle or thinking always about, you know, the different things um, that aren't focusing and directed towards the Lord because everything draws us to him. You look at, um, you know, that, that widow. She doesn't care about what it, you know, if there's some kind of, um, you know, cool, cool aspect to that story. She cared about her son. She cared about being able to have a son that she's able to have a fellowship with. And she's like, I don't care, you know, about, you know, this whole, like, raising from the dead. I'm just happy that I got my son. And I think that Jesus, that's what he cares about. Why would he come down and walk around like a man and, you know, not care as much about what people are um, perceiving him to be? Like, he could have come down in a totally different way, like, you know, born in a manger, all this kind of stuff. He doesn't care. He wants connection. He wants to relate with you. You know, that's the whole reason why he came down. He didn't come down to show off. He didn't come down to, you know, you know, create his own um, big, gigantic destiny and, you know, his own kind of kingdom without, um, in an un- ungodly way, like he's love. So he wants a kingdom where each one of us get into this form of unity and, and connection with each other um, and in connection with God. So, you know, he wants to relate with you, and, and sometimes relating with you doesn't mean a miracle. Sometimes relating with you means something that is deeper in your heart. Sometimes it means something that we have to do, something we have to change in our lives, um, where we, you know, are looking at the wrong things, or we're sinning, or we're doing things that are, that are, are, are wrong in the sight of God, and, and we, we lose this, um, this piece of our heart that God wants to bring back uh, into connection with him. And those things matter more to him and matter more, really, if you actually dig into the way that we're fabricated, more than a miracle. I've talked to people where they've said about um, wanting healing, and they said, um, and I, I went to, you know, pray for them, and they're like, you know what, can you just pray for my family? Can you just pray? Like, I don't, you know, I don't really care about, you know, my arm being broken or whatever. Like, can you just pray for my family? Like, I actually want my family together again, you know, because God looks at such a different perspective. God looks at at an aspect of love and he understands that, you know, it's, it's all the pieces that need to come together to make that happen. So, you know, a lot of times when we get focused on these miracles, they're so outwardly um, demonstrated that um, everybody within the context of their own mind, right, can like interpret them however they choose, right? Because we create, you know, we have our own reality of what we see, um, you know, with how we interact with existence, right? And so, you know, so uh, a lot of people can misinterpret and have a wrongful perspective on even, you know, who God is and, and what, what's going on. So, and we can read here in Matthew 16, 1 to 4, um, it says the Pharisees and Sadducees, Um, come up and testing Jesus. So they came from a perspective of testing Jesus. They asked him to show them a sign from heaven, but he replied to them, when it is evening, you say, um, it will be uh, fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, there will be a storm today for the sky is red and threatening. Do you uh, know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but cannot discern the signs of the times? An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and a sign will not be given it, 
except the sign of Jonah, and he left them and went away. And we know that Jonah, you know, um, when he went to Nineveh, it was that um, they would t- uh, turn back to the Lord and repent. And so if you look at the perspective here is these people had a different perspective of what they wanted. And you can see that Jesus operates out of that compassion. He's, compul- um, he's compelled by compassion. So when somebody comes to him and says, in a form of testing, this is, you know, show us a sign. Jesus, and he is performing signs. He's, he turns to that and says, no, you know, you need the sign of repentance. You know, you need to turn back to a place where you're coming from a place of, of love. And so then Jesus actually ends up rebuking the Pharisees and Sadducees and explains to his disciples about some things that way. So we can understand that this love capacity that God had um, is fully demonstrated through Jesus when he walked on the earth. And so it doesn't matter all of these um, signs and wonders and different things that are going on. What matters is that true love and connection that you have with your Savior and just knowing that his compassion is so powerful. Um, and so we can see here in Matthew twenty-five thirty-one to 46, it says, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another. As a shepherd separates uh, the sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left, then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. Um, so you can see here that Jesus is, is saying from the personal perspective that I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. And you're you know, you might be saying, oh, yeah, I get the understanding of this, but I want to just, like, bring it a little bit more home on this one passage of Scripture. And I want to take it from the perspective of Jesus is saying that you have done this to me. Okay? So it's like if I give a cup of water to someone, right, and he says, you did this to me. Okay, I give a cup of water to Patricia, Right? So I'm going to give a cup of water to Patricia. He said to me. Jesus said to me. But I gave it to Patricia. Why would he say it to me? Because of how much Jesus paid for us, of how much connection he has with us. You know, when I say you're like my brother, you know what I mean? It's basically saying we're like connected. We're like, you know, interconnected here. That's what he's saying. So when, when he's looking at, when you gave it to the least of these, he's saying, those people are who I am. Those people are what I care about. Those people are what I'm about. Because he wants all people to be in fellowship and in communion with him. He wants all people to know the love that he has for each and every one of us. That he's saying, you, you did it to me. He's so interconnected with each person, and so interconnected with that person that is not fully, you know, like having whatever that life is that you're able to give to them, you know? He's so connected to it, you know? He's so connected to each person that's walking on the earth. He's so connected to us, you know? Um, And he has such a heart for every single person. 
And I, I'm telling you, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about a lot of the things that are going on in this world and even things that we think are so glorified and so glamorous and so great from a Christian perspective. He doesn't care as much as you think. When we get to his kingdom, his kingdom is going to be so driven by a place of intimacy and connection with one another. And from such a place where the people with the deepest hearts and, 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 the, and the places where the deepest pains and, and the deepest heartaches, he is going to touch every, every single place inside of each one. He is going to bring into fullness. Why? Because he said, I love you first. He said that I came to give you everything first. He said, I am going to bring you into my kingdom. I am going to have a relationship with you. I am going to be interconnected with you. I am going to be so connected to you that even when you need something, that I look at it like that's me. You know what I mean? And he's like, that's how much he loves each one of us. That in our pain, in our place of need and desperation and our cry, that Christ himself sees himself there. And he says, I want that. I want you. And, he, and so when, when we act in a way that gives to another person out of that heartfelt place of compassion, you give it from a place of loving Christ because Christ is in everything and through everything and with every person. And he will never look at a person the wrong way. He loves each person in the fullness, in every bit of sorrow, and every bit of pain. He says, I want so much for those areas of your life. I want my church to rise up and say, minister to these areas of these people because that is what I am about. That is what I am. Those are the people that I want. And so there's nothing that will ever separate us from that connection that we have when we choose to fixate our eyes on the God and the way that he defined himself in scripture and the way that he keeps revealing himself to each one of us. So anyways, um, I'm not going to read the rest of that, that scripture because it just goes into the negative side too. Um, but, you know, they didn't give. There's ones that didn't give the cup, right? They didn't give that. And he says, I don't know you. Because <laughs> I'm serious, man. Like, God is, like, so connected that he's just like, if you're not going to connect with what I'm about, if you're not going to connect with other people, and you're just going to think you're some kind of other person that, you know, has the right to basically not give to another person, I'm not about you. I am not for you. I am for someone who wants to come with a sincere, compassionate heart and love another person. And if you can't do that, you're not going to be in my kingdom. And he wants us so badly. And he wants us to care so badly. Like he gave us everything. He, his kingdom is about that love. You know what I mean? And so, you know, even like the Old Testament. So if we get into like Genesis 3, 21 to 24, it says the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Okay, so let's just stop there for a sec. Man sinned against God. God said, don't eat of the forbidden tree. God is perfect. He's got a perfect kingdom. Man sinned. God could easily have wiped out every person, right? So 
you know, but then we say, oh, no, well, he didn't. Not only did he not wipe us out and, you know, pursue us and then give us a, uh, Jesus Christ and everything. It says that God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife. Do you know that God was actually trying to demonstrate love, even though he had disconnect because man fell? That he actually wanted to give that love. And you know what? Even back then, I don't think they understood the magnitude of the love of Christ because they didn't have Christ at that time. But do you know that God actually loved? That God actually cared deeply and God actually loved that much? That he actually still wanted to do that? He still, he still wanted to give Christ to them. But a lot of times when we read this old passage of Scripture, we think that God had a different personality or a different persona. But we're not looking at it through this, like, um, this proper filtration. We look at it like, you know, oh, well, that was a time when God was establishing fear of him. It's like, well, actually, it's God wanting to love us, but because of our sin, he can't, but he's still clothing us, you know? He's still doing what he can in the midst of those, those situations. Um, and then even kicking him out of the garden, it says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, and now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So he didn't want this to happen because it's crazy, the things that we see in mankind and the hearts of each one of us. You know, like myself included, everybody on this earth, we've all have some kind of crazy bad thing inside of our heart, right? And so it's only God that perfects it. It says, therefore, the God, the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out. And at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. So God actually expelled you know, Adam from that tree of life. Now that Jesus came, paid for the redemption of sin, we can walk through him, we go to heaven. Believe it or not, if you actually look in Revelations 2, uh, not, not Revelations chapter 2, but just in Revelations as well, um, you actually find that there is the tree of life. Um, I don't know what the tree of life is all about, but it'll be interesting to see it. But it's, uh, it's in the new heaven and the new earth. It's, uh, it's actually in that, the new Jerusalem. So when you look at it, it's like the tree of life is there. So I don't know what it's all about, but he's got something for us. And, and he has to bring us to the perfection. Are we running out of time? Yeah? Okay. All right. So anyways, just in Exodus, quickly, I'm not even going to read the scripture. But it says all people, uh, the people um, perceived the thunder and God came and the Ten Commandments came. And it, they said, we don't want to, we don't, we don't want to hear from God. We just want to hear from Moses. And it's like God was trying to draw men to him. And then even back in the, you know, in the Old Testament with, with the kings, you know, um, there were other nations that were um, establishing kings. And God's like, you know, I really don't want that because someone's going to rule over you. And I don't want that for you because I actually just want to be your God. I want to be the one that, that rules over you. And they're like, no, we want a king. So then even God, even though we decided to go against him, he still provided a proper king. And he even actually wanted one that was really after his own heart. And 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees them not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Um, and so you can see here that God is even seeking out 
from that heart perspective, different things that he wants to establish even for his people. He's like, I need someone that's going to have that heart cry. He's like, I don't care what you look like. I don't care what's, you know, all of the outward appearance. You know, Moses stuttered. Um, all of these things. He's like, I want the heart of a man. And he knows that the leadership and things like that come from a proper place. And so in 1 John 2, 3 to 6, it says, but this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. So a lot of times, um, you know, we, you know, we get sidetracked uh, with even understanding um, how to abide in him. And you can actually see that through abiding in him and through loving him, that it's like you automatically want to obey him. You automatically get into this place of abiding by the covenant and the things that he has. Um, and really, that's what draws us to him when you, uh, when you see his heart of compassion touching people. Um, and so we can see here, um, you know, so like one of the things I want to bring up, this last point, and then I want to get into the healing part, uh, tie back. Um, so ministry leaders, okay? Do you think that ministry leaders are the greatest in the kingdom of God? Do you think that, that ministers, ones that you see on TV, are they the greatest in the kingdom of God? Um, do you think that you work hard to achieve greatness with God? Do you think that? And I'm asking you from like a really sincere, deep, heartfelt way. Do you feel in your heart of hearts that those are the things that are the greatest in the kingdom of God? That those people will be exalted and put up on a high place or something like that? Um, well, if we actually read in Matthew 18, 1 to 6, it says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set him before them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you are con um, converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So we have to be basically children. And then it says, Whoever then humbles himself as this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What does a child care about? A child cares about what is going on with their life, right? They Just a really sincere, simple way of loving and connecting. So God is saying that if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, if, if you have a desire for greatness on the inside of you, know that greatness is derived from just being a child. Know that greatness is not what, you know, people glamorize, you know, this whole way of, understanding God, like a lot of it's filtered through culture, you know? A lot of what you see is derived from something that's not necessarily always scriptural. So God is saying, you got to be like a child. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a, a heavy milestone, um, milestone sorry, hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Basically, God's saying, you got to be a child, and then don't mess up my children. Like, just love each other. So, what does that mean? What, how, do you, how do you look at that, right? Because you think, like, you know, uh, from a North American perspective, right, 
It's like, um, you know, the way we glamorize things, the way we interpret success, the way we see things. We think that you're going to build a big kingdom, right? You're going to build a monstrosity, and you're going to have all these, you know, like even like angels, you know, you hear people like glorifying, oh, I saw an angel, you know, or something like that. Or, oh, it's like, yeah, the angels are dancing around in heaven, but they love the Lord, you know? Yeah, the, the Lord is actually saying, just be a child and come hang out with me in heaven, you know? He's saying, just come and, and be a child with me, you know? He's saying, you want to be great? Do that. That's scripture, guys. Walk around like a child and just love each other. It's not hard. It's easy. It's very easy. But that's like his heart, you know? So our, the kingdom we see and the way we interpret even like church life is so different. So different from a kingdom perspective. It's not going to be somebody getting up and speaking and thinking that they're all that and a big bag of potato chips or they had lots of healings and stuff like that. God's even going to say to the ones, depart from me, you don't know me. Why? Because he's not evaluating you based on your merit or the things that you do. He's based on, on the fact of what did you do with love? What did you do with being able to love each other? What did you do with those things? Did you walk in compassion? Did you care for the people that I care about? Because I'm, I'm happy to have you in my kingdom, right? Like, that's what he'd be like. But he's like, I want them too. I want them. I want their heart. I want to have a connection with them because I love them too. That's what he cares about. Um, so there's a power that comes through the love and compassion of Christ. And that power um, is so powerful, it can destroy and eliminate all of the sickness, all of the things that are going on in our life. You know what I mean? If we just tap into what that looks like, we don't have to make it bigger than it needs to be. We just need to simply love on God, love on each other, and just allow his love to penetrate into the heart. And, you know, if we have a gift or something great that we know how to do, like I've seen healing in my life, I've seen healing in other people's lives. You know, Trish, if you want to quickly just come up and share a testimony um, of how you had healing, um, this week or yeah, a couple days ago. So, um, and just really just doubt on our, or dote on the, the love of God that he actually loves us. And these are things that he does. So. Okay. So I've had a lot of problems with my feet and especially in the last little while. And, uh, <clears throat> so anyways, like I've broken a little bone in here. I was off work for that. I sprained my foot on this side. I had plantar fasciitis in both feet it was really like awful awful pain and um so anyways and even as a kid like doing gymnastics and stuff I'd sprain a couple of my ankles doing competition but anyways so this week I the kids came over and they're all they just came from Maddie's house and then oh Maddie got a trampoline they're telling all about their trampoline so I decided well great I have a trampoline too <laughs> hold on a second here so I got this trampoline I was just a one person size trampoline. And so I'm trying to make it exciting, and I put a couple of cushions down there. And I thought, okay, so this time we're going to make it exciting. I'm going to jump, and then we're going to do it. I'm going to do a summer circle, and you can do it too. So I jumped off the trampoline, and I did a, I tried to do a somersault, and it kind of went into like a half a flip, and my whole body went, came around, right around me, and went bang, right on the floor. 
and, and my, my, my heel hit the ground. And, and then what happened was it exploded. And I thought, oh, that's it. I couldn't even hardly walk. I, I was like, my whole body was jolted just from this heel hitting the ground. So I went in the house, and I was so angry because I was already feeling pretty, like, kind of down, you know, with this whole thing, not having people and whatever, you know, how we're all feeling and stuff. And so for this to happen to my foot, it's like, no, because, see, I already planned things out. I'm going to, like, fix my house and take care of the kids and do fitness programs, and I'm going to be on my feet, you know, major, major. And so when this happened, I just kind of went, oh, this is not even happening at all. And I couldn't walk. <laughs> okay, I really, so I, I got some ice, like later on that night, but at, at the time, like at the time, I was so angry and I was so heartbroken. Like seriously, I was heartbroken. Like I was ready to go down. I was like, okay, I've been kicked. This is the last kick, last draw. I'm now, I, I'm done. Like he got me, you know? This is how I felt, he got me. So anyways, I had the kids and I took them home. And, um, and later on, I, I was praying, I was like, you know, God, this, this cannot happen. I believe in you for healing. And I had to really just sit and be still and just say, you know, get rid of, I had to get rid of my little grandchildren <laughs> and, and just sit and be still and say, this, this cannot be happening. I cannot let this happen. And I just got before God and I said, God, like this has to, I can't have this. You know this. I don't even know why this happened. It came out of nowhere. And it's my feet that are being attacked all the time. And so I'm really, I've really had it. And so I just started praying. I just came against, you know, the, my feet coming underneath this. And I just claimed the, the scriptures of Christ. I claimed the blood of Jesus. And by his stripe, I am healed. And I just kept praying. And I'm praying over it. And then I called some other people and got them to pray for me. And, um, it was more my heart. It, you know, the foot, yes, the foot really, really did hurt. It was awful. I was in awful pain. But it wasn't so much that it was my heart, you know? Like, I was mad. I was really mad. I was like, no way, God. This, You know where I'm standing, and you made me, and you know exactly what's going to happen and everything else. So this shouldn't have happened. You're looking after me. This shouldn't happen at all. And it was just, God, I just felt like God was just saying, no, listen, I've never failed you. So just keep proclaiming my word and that's all I did I just kept proclaiming the word of God and just like you know many times hey, Aaron, Aaron will pray until we're just we're not stopping praying until the word until it's healed until we see something move so I had a, I called other people to the next day of course I put ice on it of course I stayed off it as much as I could and um, honestly that foot that heel right here where you're where you have a sprain was black and that's four days ago and that foot the black is gone like the black is gone. So I know that with like just over the past couple of days that a healing took place because I know I had it on this foot and I was off for my, like I was pretty much off my foot for probably, you know, three or four days where I couldn't really walk so well. And this one, God healed it. I know he healed it. And it was more the faith that he restored to me by healing my foot this time. It was more like a faith thing. It was more like, I'm never going to fail you. Things might look really bad. It might look really bad. It looked bad. It felt awful, and it looked horrible. And I thought, I might have a little broken bone there. But I'm telling you, I just kept saying, no, listen, you more than ever now in this time have to prove yourself to me. More than ever in this time, I need you. More than ever in this time, I need you to heal this foot because you know exactly what's going on in my heart, and you know how I feel and what I'm going through. And he did it. I know he did it because he loved me. Because he loved me. Because he loves me. Amen? So when you're getting that healing, it's like, he loves me. 
And, you know, you, you kind of get disheartened when you decide to not focus on his love anymore, right? When we decide, like, oh, you know what? I actually don't know that God actually loves that area of my life. It's like, well, now what do you have, right? Like, who do you serve? You know what I mean? Like, it's that love that he has so deep on his heart, like, for each one of us, that if we always fixate our eyes on the trueness of who Christ is, if we focus on his compassion, we focus on his love, and we say no, you know, when a thought comes in, and it's like, you know, you're going to live like this for the rest of your life. You are destined to have a lot of turmoil in your life. It's like, no, I am not. I am loved by Christ, and Christ set me free. And not only do I get this life in me, I get it from other believers too. And it's not even a bad thing to ask somebody for a bit of help. You know what I mean? It's not even a hard thing to say, hey, man, can you pray for me right now? I'm really going through a hard time right now. It's not a hard, like, we should be like, that's okay. It's not that big of a deal. Because we are supposed to help each other, guys. We are supposed to be able to love each other and give each other support and be able to pull on each other. And it doesn't mean you're better because you are, you know, needing help. It doesn't mean that that other person is better because God doesn't look at them that way. God says, I love that person that needs help. They're like me, you know what I mean? And I want them, you know, healed. He's saying that over whatever area you've got going on. He's saying, I want that healed because I know it. I feel it. That's what Christ says in his heart of compassion. That's what he said when he said, you know, you gave to the least of these. Christ is saying, I am the least of these. Like he's saying, like, I'm intertwined with them. You know what I mean? That's what Christ is about. So let's not give away the hope of God, the hope of Christ, the hope that was destined before the earth, right? That he would come and that we get to learn and know all of those wonderful qualities that he has. And we get to experience the greatness of the love of God. Because in the Old Testament, they, could, they got to fathom what that would look like because he was bringing it to mankind. But now, we get to understand it into its entirety. And we get to, like, look at it and learn in that way and grow in that, you know? So let's pray. God, we pray over every sickness, Lord God, in this place. I thank you that you said, Lord God, that each sickness is on your heart, Lord God. That each person, Lord God, in the suffering that their heart felt experiencing, Lord God, that you said that I am there, that I am with you. And God, I just pray for just new revelation and just new encounters with knowing you and new love and connection to you, Lord God. That your love would penetrate each heart so deep, Lord God. The greatest miracle is knowing you and being connected to you, Lord God. And I just thank you that you want it for each one of us. Just like little children coming to you, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, that you said that you gave your son in Romans 8. And that if you give us your son, you give us everything, Lord God. And we just thank you, Lord God. And just hold on to that true love that you have. That we don't need to worry, Lord God, about when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. We thank you for that love that you have on 
on us, Lord God, and that you are going to heal every single broken heart, Lord God, every single broken body, Lord God. We just pray for that healing right now in this place. And I thank you, Lord God, for just your presence to rest in this place, Lord God. God, I pray that we would be a church that, um, Lord God, would long to, to minister to each other, Lord God, and that we would also long to ask for help from each other, Lord God. And Lord God, that we would just be the church that you had asked us to be, Lord God, that we would be a part of a healing process, Lord God, that takes place in, in each one of us, Lord God. We just pray for all the things, all the truth that you have, Lord God, all the things that you care about, Lord God, to just come alive, Lord God. We pray for, Lord God, for healing right now. And so if you're, you're faced with a sickness, um, just fi- uh, face that thing and just say, no, the love of God beats you. The love of God is, is going to heal me of that, that ailment. And just pray over that thing right now. And we just declare, I, I just claim that healing victory right now over each one, Lord God. And we just, we just declare it right now. And, and by your stripes, we are healed, like Trish was saying. And I just want to ask you just to just test it out if you can, if you notice something. If there's a way you can test it out, just test it out. Just really apply that faith and just trust in, in his love. And God, we just thank you for that complete healing over each person, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you that you're the restorer, that you are continually restoring us, Lord God. And we just thank you for that full healing to take place in, in each body, Lord God, that you bring about the full healing inside of each person, Lord God. We thank you for that. And we thank you for being here. We thank you for being our God. We thank you for being close. We thank you for loving each one of us and that no one is forgotten and that you love us deeply and you have a place, Lord God, that fills every desire of every person's heart. And no one, Lord God, is taking those things away from us. No one's stepping ahead of each other. Lord God, we're just humbly coming to you like children, Lord God. Lord God, we just ask you to be that father to us, Lord God, that you would just come and just heal us. And just give us your fullness, Lord God. Let's get into some worship. Just let God minister to you as we're worshiping. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.